0: Good Easter morning to all of you. Uh, I'm a little emotional today. Does anybody know what I'm talking about when you reflect on how good he is and what he's actually done on this day? I don't know about you, but I get a little emotional. And then I get to hang out with all of you. I was emotional anyway before I even came to church. And so when I got here and then I get to meet all of you and, and all that emotions kicked up, we, we, just, we just hold each other and cry together. Is that okay? They say real men cry. So all of you that don't cry, you're not real man. So no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I know as we get closer uh, in our hearts to Jesus, there's incredible things that are going to happen. Who believes that? Who believes that today? That when you get closer and closer to Jesus, the more and more you get a glimpse of who good, how good he is. And uh, I'm not going to go real quickly uh, into into some different things that are coming up walk for life i'm just going to hit these real close but if you're interested in knowing more about that come and see me um it's a great organization be a part of the pregnancy help center and what they're doing i'm going to get right into the message i just feel really strong about doing that today and i want to start first of all in telling you that there's three things the bible sticks is very important in your life three things that are majorly important for a believer what do you think those are there's faith there is hope and there's love those three things will remain. It says in Corinthians, those three things remain. Why? Because of the most, most important in our lives. We have faith, we have hope, and we have love. Now, I don't know about you, but there is a good word in that, okay? We're going to talk about hope today. And I, I just pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, if I have any, any clue at all on how good you are, and, Father, what you've done in my own life, I could not have hope until I said yes to you. I could not walk onto the stage unless I said yes to you. There was a time in my life, Lord, that I remember very clearly that I called upon your name. And your word says this, if anyone were to call on the name of Jesus, they shall be saved. There is a portion of my life that I was holding on to. But Lord, that that day I surrendered it all. And God now use me today. Most important today, I feel of the year to bring a message of hope in Jesus' name. First Corinthians thirteen, thirteen says, Now these things remain: faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love, we know the rest of it. Webster says this about hope. It says the feeling of wanting something to happen and thinking that it could happen a feeling that something good will happen and be true how many people believe that that is hope now we might think see that's Webster's addiction that's his description of this and so I have a disagreement with that Mr. Webster if you would walk in here today I would say you're wrong that might be the world's hope that is not God's hope you know why because it used two words in there that absolutely contradict the word of God and that is what if you look closely, it's the word feeling. It's not a feeling at all. You see, that's where we get in trouble. Often today, people say, I hope this is going to happen. I know this is good, so I hope it will come into my life. That is not the same biblical hope the Bible speaks about. It is not a feeling at all. What is it? Is it not a, is it, is it a feeling in your life? Have you found that hopeless? is in, it's in a feeling and all of a sudden one day you, you wake up and you just, ah, I don't know if I feel the same way. Maybe it's conditional. Maybe it's about a person, relationship, marriage that are breaking up and you become in a place of hopelessness. Why? Because it's emotion. It's a feeling. That's not Bible hope at all. I want to know what hope is. If, Bible, if the Bible says there's three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, I want to know what the Bible says about hope because it's not what the world's telling you today. It's completely different so let me ask you a question hope there's such thing as a false hope and a false hope will always betray you if if without jesus hope that we had before yeah i can i can remember i was in my late teens and early 20s and it was that sec that section of time in my life you know from from one to 18 it's more like you're in the house of mom and dad you're doing what they're telling you to do, at least most of the time. And, and, and then the, when you leave the home, you go into a different segment of life. I left the home at 18 to get into college. And as I went down in Columbus, now my life became ero- evolved around who? Me. It was a me time. Am I, the, am I the only one here that is open to say this today? Between 18 and when Jesus came in my life, it became a me time. I was in college doing my thing. And a lot of things I talked about had a lot of things. It said I in the sentence and me in the sentence and my in the sentence. And I was stuck there. And I remember those days. And I had a hope for me. And if I didn't get that coming my way, then I could lose hope. I could have a false hope. I could be betrayed by my own hope. But not when Jesus came in. See, at 23, I decided to make a change in my life because I saw what the me did. And the my did and the I did. And I thought, you know what? There's something more in life, is there not? Are you guys looking for something more in life? I mean, there's two ways you can come to know Jesus. You can be in a family that raises you up to know him like I do with my children. I explain things biblically to them. They might not have a before Jesus time. I'm praying they have a Jesus time all the way through life. Get an A in Jesus. I don't care. You come home, you have C and D. We can look at those things on your report card, but I want an A in Jesus. That's the most important thing. I know because I didn't have it. You see, I went to a church, and I told you this before. It was a good church and good people. And there was a minister there that cared. But I, it just didn't connect to me. I was in a me time, even back then. It's when you went, My dad had to get me out of, out of the bed with a washcloth. Anybody have that? You lay there, it's Sunday morning, it's my time, I'm sleeping, you know, I'm out, and I was, my dad would yell into the bedroom, son. Of course, my brother and I shared a bedroom. That was interesting. And he would always yell in, you know, it's time to get up, we're gonna go to church. And I'd be like, i roll over, take the pillow over my head. Am I the only one here today? And then he would come in with a cold, cold, through the cold water, a washcloth. (laughs) This was not a good alarm. And so he would come in with that washcloth, and he would smother my face with it. (laughs) You're all looking like, that's how I got up. I learned after a few times like that, when Dad said, get up for church, I was like, whoa, okay, here I am. <laughs> that seize the day. It was good. I got to church. We went. I got along, and it was, I left the church with a feeling that, okay, I did the right. I had feared God. You, is there any time in your life that when someone got the Bible out, hey okay, you want to swear, put your hand on the Bible and swear to God? And I said, like, that scared me. Because I figured if I did that and I wasn't telling the truth, there was lightning for me when I walked out the house. I was afraid, but the fear of the Lord is the basis of wisdom. There was something being built right then and there. Even though I didn't have a clue, there's a foundation being built. Today, you build a foundation for your children. If you have not walked with Jesus, your children will suffer from that. And Today, they could be far from God because you never really, really introduced what that's all about. But there's still chance. Jesus rose from the dead, and he's alive today. And once he starts a good work in you, he will continue that good work until the day of completion. Isn't that good news? He will never give up on you. until you open up your door to him, he'll come in, he'll dine with you, the Bible says, and he will stay with you until the work is done. Thank you, Jesus. I needed a lot of work in my life. I was 36 when I got married. Why? I was a messed up dude. I was far. I had Jesus coming, but I didn't have my life together. And I had my first child at 40. You all be praying for me now, okay? <laughs> My son be walking, getting graduation, you know, done at high school. I'll be like, I'll be right there, sonny. <laughs> I'm going to hang in there as much as I can. False hope will always betray you. Please, the hope you'll find in Christ Jesus is it. Open up your life today and let him in. I land on, I was on the living room floor at 22 years of age. I was on the floor begging God. God, if And I asked the question... I said, God, help me. Can you help me? And boy, he did. He did. He gave me a dream. You'll have to know, I'll have to tell you sometime about the vision he gave me that night. It was so clear that God had everything in his hand. The all he was waiting for was me. Please don't leave here today without making a decision to open your heart. I'm telling you today, it's the most important decision of your life and he, the Bible says this, and believe it, Jesus Christ himself removes the veil when you say yes to him. You cannot see life. You've got false hope. You hang on to things that will may always make you. There's bouts of happiness that can come, but joy only comes from God, and I'm telling you, be like this, and you battle things. You're looking for hope, You're looking, and you'll never find it until Jesus does this And when he opens up and he removes that veil, you start to see clearly what life is all about. Please don't leave here without knowing him that way. Without knowing him that way. Because there's false hope you've been relying on. And I'm telling you what, there is real hope coming your way. Hope is. What is hope? The Bible is very specific. Who said that? Specific. The Bible is very specific about what hope is. And there is a verse right here for you. See, that's why nobody sits in the front row, because I spit on them. <laughs> I stumble over words sometimes. You don't know that. I'm glad you still love me. I'm, I'm still glad you love me. Because it's dangerous right here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hope is, listen to me today, on Easter Sunday. Hope is what? Psalm 39.7. Now, Lord. What do I wait for? My hope is. My hope is. I want you to hang on to that. I want you to hang on. You cannot have biblical hope, Jesus Christ hope, without what? In Christ. In him. So today, if you're walking and today you're looking around thinking, I'm not sure why this is going on. I guarantee this. I guarantee his word says this. If you get in him, if you get time in him, if you, he will renew that hope in you. It can only come from that source. It's found in Christ and him alone. It's only in, and we say, I love Jesus, or I believe in Jesus. If you're not in him, pulling from him the hope you need, you are not getting what you need today. You can't walk as a Christian in this world today, in this dark time, with the enemy coming against you and think you could do it. Hope is found in him. I love that verse. It's just so simple. My hope is in you, Jesus. No ifs, ands, or buts. It's in him. And I love the fact that it's so explicitly simple. Jesus taught his followers a new kind of hope. Can you imagine walking with Jesus for three years and seeing what he did? Can you imagine the hopelessness they came from, believing a Messiah was going to come, and Jesus would walk up to them and come, follow me? And those men would say, oh, see, they saw something in Jesus, it didn't take a long time with him. They said they were a fisherman. Peter and his brother were fishing, they were cleaning their net, and all of a sudden Jesus appeared. He says, Come and follow me. What did they do? Well, let me think about this. Because they saw something in this man called Jesus that he had never seen before. There was a hope in him, something they couldn't be. There's a faith. They believed there's something more in this man. I am gonna let everything go. And they left their nets and their fishing career and they walked with Jesus. You see, there was something about Jesus that appealed to men and when he said come follow me they didn't even ask a question they followed him why there was a hope found in found where in him in him and he did miracles they walked with him they did all these miracles They raised people he would command things for a child to raise and she would raise from the dead didn't matter if she died. You see, they walked with him three years, and he would do these miracles. Peter gets out of the boat and steps on water. They all saw that. He said, this is surely the Messiah. This is the son of the living God. Peter speaks it, and Jesus said, that did not come from man. That came from the Father. They started to hear this. Thing, and Jesus would speak, and they would say, this man has the words of life. There's hope found in what he's saying, and I can't do life without it. I have got To walk with him. Can you imagine the great hope they had as a disciple? As a matter of fact, they had such great hope in him, they thought he was going to come back into Jerusalem that day, Palm Sunday, to do what? To conquer. They saw his miracles. They saw he was unstoppable. They couldn't get him. They couldn't trap him. His voice of life would come. And they said, this, we're walking with him. And that day he walked into Jerusalem on that donkey. Now he didn't walk, he rode. Into that city, they thought, now is the time. Roman soldiers, you're going down. Roman rule, you're going down. Governors, you're going down because here comes the king. Hosanna. Right? But that's not his plan. You see, they had great hope walking with him. Here's the king on this donkey. We're walking with him. And their hope was rising up because they thought there was going to be a deliverance from their Roman rule. But God had a different plan. The father had a different plan. Jesus could only do what the father was doing. And as he came in, there's a new story in town. There's a new story of hope that the disciples didn't get. Can you imagine what his father was What did they feel? What did those followers feel as their king was being taken away to die? And he did nothing. No matter fact, Peter said, well, you're not doing anything. He pulled a sword out and cut off the ear of Malchus. One of the guards there, Jesus that's not how we're doing this. Put your sword away. Goes over, heals the man's ear, and walks to his place of death. What happened to their hope? You see, they quite didn't quite get it. Do you? Where's your hope today? Can you say today that hope your hope is in Jesus Christ? Can you honestly say today, as you walk in this life, my hope is in him? And you walk with your chin up. We are never defeated as Christians. We're never pushed back. And you start to talk about what the world's doing, you can lose your hope. Because your hope is found in him. I guarantee it, when you find it in him, you're unstoppable. I believe that. I want you guys to watch this. All hope is lost, Jesus has died, he is buried, and with him, the heart of his followers. followers now fear for their lives. Maybe they would be next. He had been butchered, murdered before their eyes. To them. They had given their lives to him. They had left their jobs and their homes, and now they had nothing. They didn't know where to go or what to do. They were hopeless. Can you imagine what that had been like? You see, that was not their plan. That was not their plan. They chose to walk with Jesus Not to see that. Even though Jesus predicted it, they denied it. They could not accept him going into the grave. Could not. He said he'd raise again in three days. He he said that, but they had lost hope. They left him. And he had walked with them. You see, that day that Jesus went to the cross, Satan rejoiced. He rejoices. Because his plan was follow through. He had picked Judas Iscariot and said, you are going to work with me. And it says in the Bible that Satan actually entered him and walked and betrayed him, 30 pieces of silver. And said then, see, that was Satan's plan, is to take him out. From the beginning, he had planned to take out the child. And here it was. He rejoices. But I got, ooh, I've got, i got news. But my hope says what? You see, I have got a different hope. My hope does not. Now comes God's proof of our atonement. Can I say some more? His greatest demonstration of power is in raising his son from the dead. His guaranteed promise is fulfilled. His guaranteed promise The promise of God is fulfilled that day. Let me tell you, his justice to humanity, us, is declared. Are you getting this today? You see, this is my hope. Justice of God came that day for all of us. His love for his only son is proclaimed when he raises him from the dead. You see, that's the kind of hope I know. What else does it tell me? God's righteousness is released. His son could not be kept in the grave. You see, they buried him, but death could not hold him. You know, that's what the good news is. God's righteousness found in Christ Jesus, the righteousness of God is released that day when he rose from the dead. See, Satan's grave could not keep him. Though it was planning to, when he died, he didn't believe that he could come back again. He was going to bury. Satan says, we're going to bury him, and then we're going to have to worry about this Savior again. But that's not God's plan. See, Satan's grave could not keep him. And Satan's greatest attack was defeated. You see, back in the time when Jesus was out in the wilderness for 40 days, it said that Satan appeared to him at least three times we know of, and each time he brought this temptation to him. You see, Satan's idea was this if I can get him off his track and he comes to worship me, I'll give you the world. You see, one of those temptations was this Christ, if you just, Jesus, if you just worship me here and now, I will hand over these keys of authority. You owe it all. It's all yours. I've got news for you. You see, when Christ died and went into the earth, he brought something back with him. You see, Satan couldn't deceive him to give it up then. He says, I will go to the cross. I will shed blood for these people of mine, these ones I love. And I'll take those keys back from you. See, your authority is very limited. As a matter of fact, Satan, let me remind you, your authority is zero because all authority has been given to Christ Jesus to him alone. So he can't hold him. He can't. His greatest attack to our Savior was done in burying him. But he was defeated when he rose again. Jesus' new covenant was established. You see, hope today in us, if you think about it, how can you have hope in his word, and in Christ Jesus if he remained in the grave. He had just been a good man with a lot of promises. That would consider him a liar. But no, the good news is this. As he rose again, his new covenant was established. That covenant we live under today that we can, in fact, as sinners, be cleansed. That we can be scarlet red in sin and yet washed as white as snow. And when we're covered by him, his blood, we are now redeemed to the Father. We now have a heavenly place. You see, there's more to it today. There's, not a, there's an eternity with Jesus, absolutely true. But there's life for you today, here. Now, with him. That's my hope. That's what hope tells me. His covenant, that blood covenant, has now been established. And I live under the covering of that. I live under the grace of God to cover him. I don't deserve it. You don't either. None of us do. Our faith in him brings it to us. His grace is sufficient. And it covers all sin. Like Sue said today, all sin is covered. Everyone, if you just put your faith to him, his new kingdom cannot be overthrown. I know a king and I know a kingdom. There's the world kingdom and there's God's kingdom. And I'm telling you, there's a king that rules over it and it's yours today. You can walk in the kingdom today. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth As it is in heaven. Where's your hope at today? Are you living with the king in his kingdom? Are you seeing demonstration of his power in his kingdom now? Not to wait till you get to heaven. Kingdom come on earth as it into in heaven. I love it. Well, my hope is in him. My hope, it's all found in Jesus' resurrection. It's proof. That his word is yes and amen. His word is true. All of it demonstrated his last to us, resurrection power. Isn't that good news? Take a listen to this. Why are you crying? Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Sir, if you've taken him, please have pity on me. Just tell me what you've done with him. I will go and find him. Mary. Teacher. Teacher. Now, if you know the story of Mary, you'll know that she was possessed by demons. And Jesus came to her and delivered her from all of them. She became one of Jesus' faithful followers And Jesus appears to her first. First, it could have been any one of his disciples, the men. He chose Mary, who had been demon-possessed. Can you imagine, see, even herself as she followed Jesus with all of her heart? Even she had no hope that he would raise again. She would ask, well, tell me where he was buried, and I'll go find him. Tell me where you laid him. Where did you steal him? And yet, when he spoke her name, Mary, she then heard this voice of her Savior. Isn't that good that Jesus picks Mary? Be the first one. And she runs back and tells everybody else. And there were some in the crowd that still doubted. But Jesus rose again. And he walked this earth for 40 days. Showing himself to many. It said over 500 people or more saw Jesus rose from the dead. That's good news today. I hope you guys have hope in your hearts of what this resurrection, this resurrection day is all about. Hebrews 6.19 says, this hope we have As a anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered. Listen, a hope sure, both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered. Listen, Jesus walks before us. He enters the veil, the most holy of holies, as our high priest, as our intercession. We have hope what he has done. There's where our hope is. It is, in fact, in him. Listen, 1 Peter 3, 1, 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again, to a living hope hear that a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead there's where your hope is know it today celebrate this day today this easter sunday with a new kind of hope if you don't know that kind of hope and you've been walking without it today is your day this is easter sunday jesus rose again And you yourself can have new life. You can have new life today. Father, I thank you that your hope is only found in you. I thank you, Jesus, that what you did, you set your Godhead aside, all your magnificent and beauty. And Father, you came as a common man and you went to the cross and you died for us. The perfect lamb of God, And then, you went into the grave, and you faced your opponent, and you brought back with you, not only raised from the dead with great hope, but the authority of the kingdom. God, thank you that you've done that for us. Thank you that we walk in new, resurrected hope today because of what you did, because our hope is found in you. It's a living hope through Your resurrection, Jesus, our Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this day. I pray for each person in this place today. We have visitors here, Father. I thank you so much for they came today. They came with family. And so, Lord, I pray today would be a special day for them. Lord, we love them. We invite them here. I pray, Lord, that you would move in such a powerful way today in each one of our lives. That you would give us a glimpse, just a new glimpse of the hope found in Jesus our Lord.